It was a dark night in mid-October in Dallas, Texas. Three amazingly beautiful, hilarious siblings to Shay, Sage, and Storm walk into a bar. From behind the light of a single candle, as the drinks begin to flow, so do the stories. And as per usual, they turn dark very quickly. Always <laughs> seems to take forever. I'm I like, felt oh, like it was God. longer that time. <laughs> it did. I was about to start talking, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I wasn't ready for it. Does it always <laughs> start at five? I thought it was three. Oh my God. Also, uh, I'm so sorry. Um, my cat's been sleeping the whole time until right now when you pressed record and now she's eating. So, of course, of course, <sighs> of course, how it always happens. I'm gonna just stop letting her come in here. <laughs> Jeez, there wasn't that much in the episode that I was editing, it wasn't too bad. That's good, that's good because it would be my animals that wouldn't shut the hell up. Mm. If we lose connection. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> when I tell y'all that is the hardest shit to edit, I can't so let's, just, <clears throat> let's just all talk really, really fast, and then yeah. we'll get done really quick. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. But I had a fun fact for you guys. I was listening to a TikTok, um, and it was this guy. He's... Um, a, a, a brain surgeon, maybe a psychiatrist. I don't really know what he is, but he studies all the things of the brain. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody had asked him, I'm going to say this all completely wrong unless I played the TikTok again. So just take whatever I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> but he, um, he was asked to study the brains of a lot of serial killers. So I think he did uh. look at Jeffrey. No, he didn't look at Jeffrey Dahmer's. What was the other one? whatever he looked at a bunch of serial killers brains Mm -hmm. and um he said the main reason that a lot of them are men is because it has a lot to do with your frontal cortex and it's this certain like gene that you can get that is usually passed down from the mom's side of the family interesting and it affects men more than like women you know like you've heard like women can hide being autistic really well and yeah you know so they can control that stuff that men can't and it's just it's like an anger gene that is that's used, also they said like, was passed down by like the mom side of the family that's also how hair yeah. loss is <clears throat> hair yeah. loss is passed down from the mom side and it's yeah. mostly men hmm. oh, well. crazy? <laughs> mom has a lot of hair still so we're good She's also yeah, everyone not that but so does like I think her like Uncle James does too, yeah. and she's also um, pretty young. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's true. Well, I don't, I don't know that you would need to look at her more than you would need to look at like her brother, the men, and her yeah. uncles, and stuff like yeah. that. <clears throat> I, but I have way less hair than you guys do, and I don't true. know if I have less hair, but it's just really thin. Then like, I'm have so super thick. thick. Yeah. Oh my god! I wish really I had. Thick. I wish I had literally every time I get it cut, I have Megan. I'm like thin it out, and then when I tell you that's enough, go again because yeah, I just feel like I mean I know I'm you know it's a good thing to still have, especially after all the dying we've done to it. But mm-hmm. oh, that's man, why that's I'm afraid lot. to dye my hair. Like mm-hmm. I'm like I cannot afford to lose. Well, I have pretty strong hair, so maybe you do too. I don't know. I'm just hoping it we've done a lot of shit white. to my hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all have. 
<laughs> you remember me in high school with the mohawk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just get bored really easily. Same. I, just, I don't. Not with my hair. I don't. I do. I don't know. It doesn't bug me. I But I've always thought that I've had – I have really pretty natural colored hair. Yeah, I have you a do. really pretty brown hair. And people ask me all the time if I get highlights and stuff. I'm like, nope, it's just my hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm going to – Must be nice. <laughs> I'm going to um, probably be white before both of you too if it – because I have Meemaw's hair. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll probably I've be white. I've got this one white 40. spot in my beard. And it drives me crazy. There's <laughs> one spot. I like <clears throat> dad. Dad's totally rocking the gray in his beard and I his love long it. hair. It looks yeah, awesome. It looks so good. He looks like I Zeus. Yes. yes. <laughs> I have to take a picture of um, one of the girls I work with. Her name is Vicky. She has the prettiest like silver fox hair. I mean, it's like yeah. white silver. Like it's ugh, it just looks so pretty. I follow this lady on TikTok and I can't remember her name, but she's really funny. And she, she has like a short pixie cut and it's like gray, but like that's her natural hair color. But she's probably, Ugh. I don't know, maybe in her forties or something, but she just yeah, rocks it. That. It looks good. I love, I love gray hair. I think it looks mm-hmm. so pretty. I mean, it definitely well, does age you. Like there are some people that I think are probably a little bit older than what they actually are, but uh, it's just so pretty. Yeah. Hasn't Richard been going gray since he was like 14? <laughs> He so I met him when he was eighteen. So I went to his nineteenth birthday party. Yeah, and he already had gray hairs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't know. Sinky had to be like one, and uh-huh. for fun, we decided to dye his hair black. And I was like, mm. "Ew, <laughs> I hate this so much." <laughs> and now he's mostly like he's mostly white with a little bit of brown like he doesn't yeah. really have yeah. any <laughs> it looks good though it does exactly it yeah mm-hmm. i love the salt and pepper i've mm-hmm. always said that i was always attracted to older men and i got lucky with him because he's only two years older than i am but he looks older because <laughs> of his gray hair yeah and i'm like so i just got everything <laughs> i could ever want <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> oh too funny so what we got going on this week to share well, we have a story. <laughs> Another one. You don't say. Don't sound so excited. <laughs> and as I was telling, well, I, I am, but as I was saying earlier before we hit record, I switched my story at the literally the last second, like last night. So that Did you just not said, like the other one? Um, it wasn't, I wasn't really vibing with it. Like, I don't know how you vibe with the true crime story, but I just wasn't like, I wasn't into it. I'll tell you all about it and who it was later. But, um, I, when it, once it got to like the stuff that they actually did, I was like, of course it's horrible, but it just didn't seem like meaty enough, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some that are too meaty that I was like. Yeah, like, there's some that are have too to much. Tell the story because I can't. Yeah. Like I literally yeah. can't. Yeah, say this yeah. Out loud. There's some. That, there's some. Like I would like looking, and there's some that I'm like, nope. Sage can tell that I can't do that. Nope. <laughs> we'll, nope. We'll put this in our sage folder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was editing today, and I could hear myself like starting to like tear up 
And I was like, oh God, I'm going to cry. And then Deshae's going to cry. And then Storm's going to cry. We're all going to be crying. And it's just not going to be a good time at all. So I Everybody's like, going to cry. It's, it was crazy. Um, so this is a true crime, obviously. And it's somebody I've never heard of before. So the point being of why I, I changed it really quickly is I'm not very familiar with it as I w- normally would have liked to have been. So I'm going to sound like I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. That's cool. So we can we're gonna, Google stuff as we need to. Yeah. We're going to learn yeah. lots of stuff together. <clears throat> and I just heard my table. <laughs> as long as you can do it when you're not talking, then it's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna have to move my spot. Like I'm gonna have to because I'm I don't know. I think I move too much and this table's old. Oh, I do too. I can't ever stop moving. <sighs> okay. All right. So this is the story of Earl Nelson. Have you ever heard of Earl Nelson? Never. Really Earl had okay. to die. That uh, 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 uh. Dixie Chicks, thank you. Dixie Chicks. <laughs> so this is like an old, like back in the like you know eighteen hundred, nineteen hundreds type. Okay, story. I like yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you pronounce it Earl. It didn't tell me any differently, but it has an e on the end, so it was throwing me off. But we're going with Earl. <laughs> so. <Totally. laughs> Earl Nelson, he was born Earl Leonard Farrell on May 12th, 1897 in San Francisco, California. Um, Just some random facts about him. Both of his parents died of, this is not funny, they died of of syphilis before he reached the age of two, which I do know is, that's crazy. Yeah, which I know like syphilis, like, you know, STDs and stuff, fairly common for people to die from back then because they didn't have you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, all the medicines and stuff that we have now. Yeah. Um, so after his parents died, he was sent to live with his maternal grandmother, Jenny Nelson. So his mom's mom. Um, and she was a devout Pentecostal and she raised him alongside her two younger children, Willis and Lillian. So at the um, or at his early age, she would say his grandmother was said that he was self-loathing. He had he was really morbid, is what it said, and he was expelled from his primary school at the age of seven. That's also Ooh. not funny, but expelled from his school at seven. Oh God, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, yeah. So red flag, of course. So when he was ten. He collided with a streetcar while he was riding his bike and he was unconscious for like six days. And oh. after he woke up, they said his behavior became really erratic and he would suffer from headaches and frequent memory loss. So <laughs> let's keep that in mind. Um, okay. So by people who, okay. So he was described as a psychotic prodigy. What? Um, yeah. What? <laughs> okay. I've, I've never I've never heard those two words be put together in my life. <laughs> no. But is it just like he was the perfect storm and like pretty everything, much like all of the points of being psychotic he had. Pretty pretty much. So when you hear <clears throat> the rest of it, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Um so his behavior obviously very bizarre. He had manic episodes. 
like he would talk to invisible people. He would compulsively quote biblical passages, which Hmm. of course had a lot to do with the way he was raised by his grandmother. Um, Watching female uh, family members undress. He liked to do Mm. that. His grandmother did say that he would come home from school sometimes in rags and it looked like he had just charioted clothes with a homeless person. Huh. Interesting. So just like she said, she would send him to school like very well dressed and everything, and then he would come home in rags mm-hmm. and it looks like he's just trading clothes with someone. Um <laughs> he had a of course a very strong religious upbringing and he was obsessed with reading the book of revelations as a teenager what just okay uh, yeah weird isn't that like the worst book revelation i think revelations is like the like really scary one yeah that's what i thought yeah i don't know it well enough but i same (laughs) i couldn't tell you Um, all right. So in his early years, he began frequenting brothels. That was his thing. He got lots of STDs. That was noted. So there's your fun fact. Oh, wow. fun. He liked That's to go to brothels one. a rot and got STDs. A rot? <laughs> he liked to go to brothels a rot. <laughs> That's what I get for talking too fast. So <laughs> he grew into a stocky, physically fit man, and he would sometimes entertain his family by walking on his hands and lifting heavy objects with his teeth. So there's your two fun facts. So remember that later. Both of those fun facts? Mainly the one about him walking on his hands and lifting heavy objects and things like that. It's about something that he's called. Is it going to be on the test later? It's going to be on the test, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Earl began his criminal career at a really young age. He, um, after breaking into a cabin, which he thought was abandoned, he was sentenced to two years in the San Quentin State Prison in 1915. So some of the, yes, I thought that was odd. Like he broke in. That's all it said he did, but he got two years in prison for that. And, but this was also 1915. So he was paroled into a house, a, a cabin. And it said that he thought it was abandoned. Okay. Interesting. Um, Okay. He was paroled in September 2016, but then he was arrested again in March of 1917 for petty larceny. And then he spent another six months in jail before getting released. um, After which he was arrested in Los Angeles for burglary. And after spending Five more months in the Los Angeles County Jail, he escaped. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, which he was really good at that, you'll hear. Sometime in late 1917, he enlisted in the U.S. military, but he deserted after six weeks. So I know, if y'all know, like, that's a big, big no-no. Yeah, like, it's huge. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you get in tons of trouble for dessert. Like, they mm-hmm. look for people and... You get in lots of trouble. Yeah. So he kept enlisting yeah, in different m- military branches under different names, and then he would just desert. Did it say why? why? Like, yeah. What? Why? I don't know. I feel. I feel like this is just part of his manic behavior. Like I don't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That makes sense. Um. 
So 1918. I'm like, I get it's the 1900s, but I'm like, they need your entire like life story. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. Like, how is he doing that under other people's names? I don't know. I think back then they didn't need as much information. They're like, oh, you want to help us? Hell yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, this is your name. You have this that says this is your name. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so now we're in 1918. He was committed to the Napa State Mental Hospital after, basically after behaving oddly and erratic during one of his brief stints in the U.S. Navy. Um, it was noted wow. by one of the Navy psychologists that Earl was, quote, living in a, un- in a constitutional psychotic state. Ooh. Wow. So a lot of, so people were recognizing this like uh-huh. throughout his entire life. They yeah. Were like, and you'll hear it too. Like he, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Wow. But okay. And this is the first time anyone's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So during his time in the Navy. <clears throat> Um, so William Pritchard, he was one of the psychiatrists at the mental hospital, and he noted that Earl would speak of having hallucinations and paranoid delusions. And this is a quote from him, from uh, Dr. Pritchard. He has seen faces, heard music, and at times believed people were poisoning him. Voices sometimes whisper to him to kill himself says that if he were kept in jail, he would get something sharp and cut the veins in his wrists. That was a quote from Dr. Pritchard. Dr. Pritchard also noted that Earl had experienced headaches, fainting spells, and he was dizzy a lot during their sessions together. So revert back to his head injury. When he was so a kid. He was, yeah. Yeah. So he was he was starting to become psychotic and then he got the head injury and it all just kind of fell in. It probably something just kind of clicked, clicked it seems yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This he's yeah, crazy. While institution institutionalized, there's one of those hard words. <laughs> he managed to escape <laughs> three times <laughs> before the staff, they just eventually stopped looking for him because he would just escape. <laughs> what? <laughs> They just, oh my yeah. Gosh. So if you remember, he escaped from jail, and then now he's escaping from the mental hospital, and he he did it three times. And so after that, they're like, "We're not looking for your ass anymore." Like, bye bye. I wonder if this was like a like a Charles Bronson <laughs> type situation. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? So he was formally discharged from the Navy in May of 1919, and his file with the mental hospital was closed with a note that's um, saying he had, quote, improved. Mm-hmm. Which obviously is okay. a bunch of bullshit. It just sounds like they were trying to, you know, just just trying to. They were over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were trying to yeah. save face mm-hmm. and say that, you know, mm-hmm. he was good. And that's why he maybe they didn't fine. want people to know we he escaped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So after that, he got a job working as a janitor at St. Mary's Hospital, and he used the name Evan uh, Peters. Ep- <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Evan Fuller. Evan Fuller. Yes, he is. But Evan Fuller is the name he used. 
And this is where he met 60-year-old Mary Martin. And they married in August of 1919, but their marriage was really short-lived as she says that he made her life a living hell. That was a quote from her. Living hell. Oh, you see, and that's, I knew you were going to ask that. Man, I don't know. 1919, okay, so, he was born yeah. in 1897. And he was married to a 60-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. He was 22. Whatever floats your boat. I'm not here to judge, my dude. <laughs> exactly. I don't judge. I mean, that's kind of like that last story I did where they're talking about 12-year-old being married or whatever. That's true. Right? Yeah. It's just, just what they did back then. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. Um, you could do whatever back then. All right. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Mary says she made his life a living. He made her life a living hell. He would have jealous rages, um, really bizarre sexual demands, and religious delusions, lots of violent behavior. Mm. So they separated after just six months. Um, they're still married, but they're separated. Wow. So uh, Mary later stated some bizarre behaviors she witnessed from him were random disappearances, like he would just disappear sometimes. And unusual bathing practices that this is this is weird that that entailed him pouring glasses of water over his toes. That's a biblical thing. <laughs> like what? Washing your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get the you know he washing your feet thing, but he would just pour glasses of water over. She said toes. Like obviously his feet. Oh, she said toes. Interesting. I I, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. So now we're in 1921. May 19th, 1921, Earl posed as a plumber to enter a residence, and he attempted to molest 12-year-old Mary Summers in the basement. She was Ugh. able to get away. She screamed loud enough that her older brother, thankfully, was home, and he came and helped her, and he basically scared him away. Earl left, but he was captured later that day. So at his hearing for this, he was deemed dangerous and recommitted to the Napa State Mental Hospital. Um, oh, he escaped Lord. again. The same place, yeah. The same place, but he escaped again two different times before he was finally discharged in 1925. They're like, we're done with your ass. So okay. they're literally just giving up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, now, murder spree. Let's get into it. Y'all ready? <laughs> oh, gosh. Wait, Storm, okay. do the buckle up noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, so this is between... February to November of 1926 in he was all over in California and Portland and Seattle. So this started again, early 1926. His first known victim was Clara Newman. She was a, a 60 year old woman, a landlady. Remember that landlady. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then he entered her boarding house and was posed as a potential tenant, again, using a different name. He used Roger Wilson. And so sometime after entering her home, he strangled her before raping her dead body. And he, <sighs> he hid her corpse in a vacant apartment inside the house. <clears throat> Nasty. Mm-mm. So his second victim was 63-year-old Laura Beale, and she was strangled in her home in um, nearby San Jose, California, on March 2nd. Says the silken cord, which had been used to strangle her, had been um, wound so tightly around her neck that it had um, embedded into her flesh. Holy shit. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Y'all, like, he's crazy. So it's all these older ladies. It has to do something with his grandmother. Right. So it's all of these older mm-hmm. and most of them are, are landladies. Because, you know, back then they have all these boarding houses where you can come. Mm-hmm. They like, you know, older ladies or whoever has, you know, these yep. houses where you come and you can stay for a little while. And um, yeah. that's how he would get in. Because if as long mm-hmm. as you have money, they're going to let you in. Right. Um. Okay. So then... Again, there was 63-year-old Lillian St. Mary, so these very old women, in San Francisco on June 26, 1926. He strangled and raped her. Most of the, most of the raping happened after they were dead. So do with uh, that what you will. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was June 1926. Two weeks later, 53-year-old Ollie Russell was strangled with a cord in her boarding house. So he's strangling them just to get them, you know, just to, that's how he kills them, basically. And then, yeah. oh my God, it's gross. Um, autopsy confirmed that she had been sexually assaulted after her death. And um, so the similarities between that death and the... Um, others in the san francisco area were led the police to say they were connected but that's just about it like they didn't really take it any further than that yet so yeah at that point i would have been like okay this is is literally like the same thing we have like a serial killer on our hands here yeah yeah august 16th 52 year old mary nisbet and she was a apartment building proprietor so basically she was a landlady in oakland california she was found by her husband strangled to death and raped in the bathroom of one of their vacant apartments oh yeah so So she's like showing he's he's getting them to like show mm -hmm. the apartment oh wow like he's getting getting their making them trust him whatever Mm -hmm. like you know yeah. Um, so initially after her, after Mary's death, the uh, the police questioned her husband and but really quickly they cleared him. Um, so witnesses later told police they had seen a, quote, smiling stranger lurking outside Mary Nisbet's apartment building the day of her murder. And That's then creepy. other people. 
claimed that they had seen Earl at other boarding houses and they started describing him to police as a dark and stocky man with, quote, long arms and large hands. And because of this, the newspapers started calling him the dark strangler, the gorilla man, or <gasps> gorilla killer. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So remember what I told you he liked to do <sighs> for his family? The, you know, walking on his hands and mm-hmm. carrying mm-hmm. things in his teeth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you can just picture in your head what he might look like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So we're still in 1926, in the fall of 1926. This is when he goes to Portland, Oregon, and he raped and murdered 35-year-old, again, landlady, um, Beta Withers, on October 19th. And this is sad. Her body was found by her teenage son. It was stuffed beneath clothing inside one of those steamer trunks. So those old big trunks yeah. in the in the attic of their home. So her senior son found her. Oh. Holy shit! Um, <clears throat> the next day, fifty-nine-year-old Virginia Grant was murdered in one of her vacant properties that she owned, and her body was hidden behind the basement furnace. Ooh. So it it sounds like he's just like going like there's no kind of like thought behind it he's just like nope next 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 yeah i mean they literally called it a murder spree like this is just him he's just going he's just killing left and right Mm -hmm. how's that come (laughs) okay yes her body was found behind a basement's furnace then October 21st was another landlady. Her name was Mabel Fluke, and she disappeared from her home in Portland. Her body was found several days later in the attic, and she had been strangled with a scarf. So, after committing these three murders, he briefly returned to San Francisco, where he again raped and murdered 56-year-old widow Anna Edmonds. Mm-mm. And initially after this, the police weren't wanting to attribute all of these crimes to the dark strangler, which they were calling him, or the gorilla killer. But several days after her murder, a friend of Anna Edmonds told the police that she had stopped by her home on the day of her murder, and she found Anna talking to a strange man in her parlor about a business deal that involved her selling her house. And the description that she gave to the police of this man was that of Earl Mm -hmm. or the dark strangler. Sorry. So the next day, November 19th in still, he's still in California at this time, 28 year old uh, pregnant woman was attacked while she was showing her home to him as a potential buyer. Mm. She survived the attack and she described him as being around five feet, eight inches, well-dressed and well-spoken. And um, she later said that she wasn't like threatened by him when she, when they initially met. 
And um, she said, quote, I realize now that he was trying to get me to look up towards the ceiling so that he could get behind me and grab my throat. Oh. I don't oh. know how she survived, but she did. It's like early Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well-dressed, well-spoken. Yeah. Ladies, like, man. Like you wouldn't think, again, she says, you know, she wasn't threatened by him at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Wow. All right. So 10 days later, he murders, murdered and raped. I feel like I don't even need to say that anymore. Um, Blanche Myers in her home and the police were actually able to, they got fingerprints from her iron bedpost. And so now it's starting to all be in the papers um, and then there's, they start getting a lot of phone calls talking about suspicious, mm-hmm. suspicious characters is what they would call yeah. them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One local woman, she called police and she was claiming that there had been a suspicious man that had stayed at her boarding house for several days around Thanksgiving. And he used the name Adrian Harris So on November 29th, which is the day of the Myers murder, she said that the man told her and then other residents that lived there that he was leaving to take a train to Washington and said that he wouldn't be returning. So she thought that that was odd because he had paid for several days worth of boarding. Hmm. Um, But before he left, he gave herself and another one of the female boarders pieces of jewelry as a gift, which were later confirmed by the police to have been owned by um, Florence Monks, who was a wealthy widow who had been murdered and raped in her Seattle home on November 23rd. Mm. Wow. Oh. Right? Wow. Well, okay. So now the police are like, okay, so they're trying to prevent further murders. So the California and the Oregon police issue public safety announcements to everybody. Because what do you, I mean, what do you really do back then, right? Like they yeah. don't have a lot of their resources, obviously. Uh, so yeah. the every elderly women were advised to take precautions while renting rooms and inviting strangers into their homes. Um, The Portland police, they issued the following statement to the public, and it said, do not show your houses or rooms for rent while alone. If necessary, call a policeman to accompany you. Crimes such as these should be prevented and um, could have been prevented if women had been more careful. Uh, I do not wish to unduly unduly alarm the people of Portland, but there is no denying the situation is grave. Like, here's how you can save yourself, but you should have been more careful. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the question this... is, is, was this, like, was the landlady something, was that, like, part of his MO, or was he like, oh, okay, well, I know now that I can do this, so I'm just going to continue to do this? I, I, I wasn't really specified. I'm just thinking yeah. it just, again, like, you know, like all of the other stories we've done easy, they're yeah. easy targets, you know, mm-hmm. they're not, they're, he can mm-hmm. get them alone and, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm sure lots of people come and look at rooms for board oh. and houses for rent, you know, so it could be anybody. Right. 
yeah. easy to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, you know, it could be, again, something to do with the grandmother, it, you know, because mm-hmm. she true. was very heavily raised him very religious. And, mm-hmm. you know, apparently that was part of his undoing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. So now we're in December 1926 through April of 1927. So he leaves Portland in um, November of 1926 and he is hitchhiking, stowing away on trains and December 23rd, the body of Elmira Berard. She was 41. She was found inside her home in Iowa. She had been um, strangled with a shirt and initially the local police thought her death was a suicide as they, uh, she had been recently discharged from a psychiatric institution, but they dismissed that theory after they discovered later that she was also raped. Oh no. You also can't, you can't strangle yourself like that. Can you? Well, unless she did like a, unless she did like a, like she hung herself. Right. You know, that, yeah, it was one of those I, that's things. what I thought of as soon as I yeah. said it. Yeah. But yeah, like he definitely like that's his that's his sign is like he's gonna strangle and then he's gonna rape. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that called? Necrophilia? Is that what that's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. So two days after Christmas, twenty-three-year-old Bonnie Pace of so now he's in Missouri. She was strangled to death and raped in her home. Her body was discovered in the upstairs room by her husband. And then December 28th, Germania Harpin, she was 28. Oh, my God. I almost skipped this part, but uh, it's part of it. So I'm just going to do it real quickly. Um, Along with her eight-month-old infant son, Robert was found murdered in her Kansas City home. Both of them had been strangled. Uh, Robert, the baby, was strangled with a diaper and... The mother, Germania, was raped after she after he killed her. Um, both of them, both her and her, both her and her son were discovered by her husband when he returned home from work. Could you imagine? I I I, I literally almost like took Ugh. that part out, but I was like, I can't take out facts. So yeah, that's crazy. Weird. And there's a there's a picture of them. <laughs> Of course, of course there, there is. is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's oh my god. Um, okay, so now he's moving east, and he murdered and rapes. This is I don't even I'm, I've lost count at this point. Fifty three year old landlady Mary McConnell in Pennsylvania. Um, on April twenty seventh, a lot uh, several pieces of articles of jewelry were stolen from the McConnell residence. Um, so he was, you know, killing them and then stealing a bunch of stuff. The following day, he attempted to sell one of her gold watches to a pawn shop owner, Marie Kuhn, but she rejected him. She's like, no, I don't want it. Um, I wonder why. Month, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't good enough for her. <laughs> hey, I had to murder somebody for this. You're going to take it. <laughs> He's like, do you know what I did to get this? <laughs> <Take> yeah. <it." laughs> Jeez. 
Um, one month later, on May 27th, he's now in Buffalo, New York. He rented a room from 53-year-old Jenny Randolph, and he's now using the name Charles Harrison. Three days later, Randolph was discovered as she was strangled to death and raped. Her body was stuffed under a bed in her home. Her brother, Gideon Gillette, had he had met Mr. Harrison. Again, that was the name that Earl was using. When yeah. he first got there, and he said he described him as about 30 years old. He was a stocky build, dark complexion, black slicked back straight hair. Um, and then there was another another man there who was another boarder in her home, and he later positively identified him. Now we're in June. He's in Michigan. Michigan boarding house manager Fannie Mae, along with one of the boarders there, Marie Atorthy, they were discovered they had been murdered in the um, in the boarding house. Their bodies were found by the building owner. His name was Leonard Sink. He had come to collect the rent from them. And um, May had been strangled with an electric cord from one of the table lamps. And the police determined that the cord had, it was cut while the electric current was still circulating. Ooh. Damn. Yeah. And that the knife that had been used to cut it um, also was showing visible burning as well as they were able to determine that it was Oh, the, the blade was nicked. So two days later, he murders 27-year-old Mary Cecilia in Chicago. And she was discovered by her husband on the floor of their home. She was also strangled with an appliance cord. And several, like lots of her husband's clothing and a lot of their valuables were stolen from their home. He is all over America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. This is just how he's living now. This is what his life yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And this was really like just a span of a couple years. I mean, that's a long time, but like that's it all he's doing is quickly though. Yeah, very quickly. Because <clears throat> a lot of serial killers they do like one and then like wait a little while. But right. I guess it just depends. But this is the scene. It's a spree mm-hmm. for two years. Yeah. I feel like it just. I always say back then, but like things were so much different, but I, w- I feel like it was probably just too easy for him. It, yeah. Know. Information wasn't spread the same way. Yeah. And, like, it, it, People was didn't no have alarm systems, you know, right. like mm-hmm. yeah. it was going to be hard to catch him. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. So now we're in May. This is May to June of 1927 and he's in Canada. So on June 8th, and I, yeah, I, I don't know why he decided okay. to go there, but that's where mm-hmm. that's where he be. On June eighth, nineteen twenty seven, in Canada, fourteen year old Lola Cohen she disappeared after she left her home. Um, she was selling flowers door to door. And on June tenth, another local woman named Emily Patterson went missing. She was later discovered that day by her husband. She had been raped and strangled to death. He found her under their son's bed. 
she also had been bludgeoned with a claw hammer. Mm. This is horrible, but he discovered um, her husband discovered her while he was kneeling at their bedside to say his evening prayers. <gasps> oh my Holy god! What, what? It doesn't say like why he suddenly changed his. Beats me, group. man. I'm like at this point. At this point, I was reading it and I was like, "What the? F-? Like, <laughs> yeah. What did I get myself into? Telling all this." <laughs> Why have we never heard of this guy? I don't yeah. know. But then when later at the end, once I heard um, something that was based off him, I was like, okay, like mm. that kind of makes sense. Sort of. If you know, like old stuff. Um, so. I'm not old, so I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not old like me. <laughs> yeah. Freaking dinosaur. <sighs> I swear. <clears throat> So the police determined, now they're investigating, now they decide to investigate, they determined that several items were missing from the Patterson home, um, including a suit, um, gold wedding ring, and the family Bible, and $70 in $10 bills, and Hmm. a knife bearing burn marks and nicks was also left behind in the home. So remember they oh, set the knife good. before. So, can, mm-hmm. yeah. so now they they're yeah. Why is he carrying it with them? He's screwing up. I don't know. Because he's an idiot. Okay. He's because dumb. he's done this many so far. So many gonna, times. You yeah. Know, he probably yeah, thinks he's him now. invincible. Yeah, like he's untouchable. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So um the day after the Patterson's murder. Um, Fred Ingold, who he was a local jeweler in Canada, he, you know, unbeknownst to him, he purchased the wedding ring from Earl and um, some of the clothing that he stole as well. And um, both the jeweler, uh, so he went uh, went to a clothing store and the jeweler. jeweler. Why can't I say that fucking word? Because you're Southern. That's a hard word. Because you're taking out the W. Yes. Uh Warsher. Yeller. Jeweler. Like dad, like dad when he says warsh. I'm gonna wash the clothes. I tell everybody that. I like let me just sit here really quick. Here's my here's my friend opener. Hi, my name's Storm. I have this dad, and he says Warsher. He says Yeller. He tells me to go put my face on and brush my head. Yep. I was trying to think of that the other day because I, I was saying his sayings and I couldn't think of it. <laughs> um, so both the jeweler and the clothing <laughs> store owner, they were able to positively identify Earl. Um, and though they identified him as the man who obviously sold them the ring and the clothes. And Nicholas Tabor, he's a barber. He owned his shop next to the secondhand clothing store. And he told the police that he had given a man resembling Earl a shave, haircut, and a massage on the afternoon of June 10th. Um, He said while cutting his hair, he noticed dried blood on his scalp as well as scratch marks. (gasps) So he, he obviously, he asked him about it because he's cutting his hair, you know. Yeah. He asked him about it and he said that Earl 
got really mad and he asked him not to touch him. What? Make it more right. obvious, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we could not have that. thought of anything else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My cat attacked me. My girl gets a little freaky in bed. Like literally anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. Anything. Um, okay, so the police are now doing a citywide search of boarding houses in Canada. And on June 12th, they entered the boarding house of Mrs. August Hill. Um, he Earl had recently stayed there. And um, so they're searching the room. And this is fucking gross. The decaying nude corpse mm. of Cohen was discovered under his bed. Um, her body, unlike that of the other victims had been mutilated. Um, it says in a manner, quote, reminiscent of the victims of Jack the Ripper. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Her clothing and belongings were missing and they said it was clear that he had, um, that the bed had been slept in and he had been spending the night like sleeping with the dead body. Oh. oh my god. Mhm. Um after they discovered that the um the city council I which I okay, city council, they posted a reward for I think this is $1500 for information leading to the quote conviction of the criminal degenerate responsible for all the crimes. Um of course, this became several individuals started coming forward um, saying that they knew where, you know, where he had been hanging out. They had seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So everybody's coming out the woodwork now. Of course. because It always happens like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. My cousin's brother was acting funny the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right so they now they think that the canadian police think that he's gone back to the united states so they're sending all of these descriptions to the u.s police stations and all the post offices um and apparently there had been a ton of sightings of him in many different cities so a man matching his description who gave his name as mike mouski was arrested on june 14th in the Minnesota town of War Road by a customs officer, but he escaped the next day. What was his name? Mike Mouski. Mickey Mouse? It's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> That's, yeah. Okay. All right. So they had him and he, he, he escapes. Yeah. Um, June 16th, 1927. Uh, they arrested a man named Virgil Wilson, who also fit Earl's description. They said his demeanor was so calm and cooperative that the policemen assumed they had the wrong individual. Of course. He's been doing this for so long and he's eluded so many. Yeah. And he's freaking psychotic. Like, you know, like he, like you're not getting one over on him. Mm -mm. Um, but quote, Wilson, you know, because it's, as we know, 
He's just using that name. He was incarcerated in the local jail, but he managed to escape later what that the night. hell? How? Because he escaping. I don't understand. <laughs> like, this is insane, right? I'm is, like, can he turn into a mouse and get yeah, the, like, what, exactly. the what is happening? What is happening? Y- y'all need to get your shit together. Yes. Have you seen I Love You, Philip Morris? Uh-uh. No. Okay, I won't ruin it, but it has something to do with escaping from jail. <laughs> uh, have you seen Shawshank? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Earl, he now he makes the mistake and he tries to catch the same train that had members of the police department on it. And he was recaptured 12 hours after his initial escape. So he was officially arrested again the next morning by an officer from the Crystal City Police Department. He probably got a big bonus right or a big <laughs> award <laughs> can you imagine breaking out of jail and be like all right i'm uh, we're done that's it and then you get yeah. onto the train and it's full of cops you're like Shit. Imagine- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, at that point you're just like accepted you sit next to yeah, one like you want to donate like yeah, yeah. what, what am i gonna now. say my name is now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. donald duck <laughs> <laughs> oh so horrible all right so um they take him to the rupert street police station and here is where they finally photograph him they fingerprint him um they measure him and then they put him um they get him ready for lineups so that people can identify him and it says nearly four four thousand spectators awaited his arrival outside the station and they were just hoping to get a you know a glimpse of him you know as you no. do like that's like a train wreck you can't not be there to watch mm-hmm. um crazy. photographs of him were taken by the police and they were sent out to all uh, a bunch of police departments throughout the u.s and this resulted in positive identifications from witnesses in illinois and california who they clammed that clammed Plain. <laughs> that wasn't a southern thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, they claimed that the same man had been a renter that they had had many encounters with. Mm-hmm. He still is telling them that he is Virgil Wilson. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. But <laughs> He's like, nah, uh, dude, I'm not... <laughs> Like, I'm not mousy. What? Like, Earl, Earl who? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You've got the wrong guy. <laughs> so so they have his fingerprints. So they forward them to the San Francisco Police Department where all this shit started. From his earlier arrest, they were able to identify him as Earl mm-hmm. Nelson. Um, so his fingerprints, they matched those that were left behind at a bunch of crime scenes and his teeth matched, um, marks that were found on a bunch of his victims. So that's gross. Yeah. Um, initially he admitted to the crimes and he told reporters, quote, I only do my lady killings on Saturday nights. (laughs) What? What? This is oh my god! Oh my god! Yo, this is like stop. 
This is one of those uncomfortable laughs where I'm like, this is horrible. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes. You should see all of our faces right now. We all have our mouths. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous shit I have ever fucking heard. <clears throat> so he says that. God, oh my Lord. So after he says that, then he retracts his, uh, you know, admission. Like he's not admitting anymore. And he claims that he's innocent. Oh, mm-hmm. Because now he's Virgil. Oh, just kidding. By the way, I'm still Virgil. (laughs) (laughs) And Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Mouse. Uh, So, okay. So now he's having an interview with the Free Press um, after his arrest. And he says, again, a quote from him. I'm charged with two murders, but I'm not the one who done it. Um, And then he was asked about... uh, you know, a lot of the different people um, in the U.S. and Canada who had identified him as the strangler. And he responded, quote, all of them are wrong. Every one of them. Fucking <laughs> idiots. Um, he still refused to admit that any of the murders that he did any of them. So he's still holding true to he is innocent. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Um, so the time that he was arrested, he was wanted in about six U.S. cities and he was, um, going to be tried in the Manitoba court for the murders of both Cohen and Patterson. And he was also charged with two counts of attempted molestation and one count of burglary. Um, his trial was scheduled to begin June 27th, 1927, but it was postponed um, at the request of his attorney. Um, and then instead it began on November 1st. The case was prosecuted by R.B. Graham and the judge was Justice Andrew Dysart. He was appointed a court-appointed attorney. Um, his ex-wife, Mary, she testified against him, claiming that he was, quote, absolutely insane. <clears throat> wow. she's still alive wasn't mm-hmm. she like 16 yeah <laughs> oh but this is all this is like two yeah. years later okay, okay. Yeah. all right got it <laughs> i'm thinking it's like 10 years later i'm like damn girl in the 20s you go right that's only 70 um, yeah I, in the 20s yeah i don't know yeah true yeah um, so over 60 people from Canada and the U S testified, um, many of them were able to place him at the places where a lot of the crimes were happening. Um, they were able to link him to property that was stolen from victims homes. Um, a, one of the guards who was watching over him throughout his trial noted that he had become particularly obsessed with a certain biblical passage from the book of Proverbs. Would y'all like to hear it? So much. (sighs) Okay. My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch. And a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for a prey and increaseth the transgressors among men. Wow. This is making a lot of sense. Like his biblical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see you, Mickey Mouse. 
All right, so closing statements were held on November 5th, 1927. After only 40 minutes of the jury deliberating, they found him guilty of murder, and he received a mandatory death sentence. Um, relatives of McConnell, so the, the two, McConnell and Cohen, so the two that he was tried for their murders, they visited Earl in prison after he was convicted, and he continued to tell them he was innocent. <clears throat> I wonder if at a certain point he actually believed it. Probably. Probably. Sounds like it. <clears throat> um, now we're in late December 1927. Uh, da, 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 da. So his lawyer submits a 30-page document to the Minister of Justice petitioning for clemency on the grounds that Earl was insane and that his personal history had been unfairly presented to the jury via the press. Uh, Go on with that bullshit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, and this is this is weird, but the quote eloquent and moving document consisted of twenty um, affidavits from people who had known him throughout his life, and they swore that they were in a position to know um, full well the character and mentality of Earl. And that they believed that uh, he had been for a period of long time a person of unsound mind. Oh, yeah. He was a prodigal psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so in one of the statements, a Mrs. L.G. Casey, she had um, employed... Earl as a groundskeeper in 1926 and she said that she'd hear him laughing and talking to himself all the time and she said one day she happened to be there and he was sitting outside in the pouring rain looking at the sky without a coat and he was just standing there until he was soaked and then went inside and she said it was very odd um, so despite all that the appeal was denied Thank goodness. And his execution was scheduled for the second Friday of January. Earl Nelson was executed by hanging at 7.30 a.m. on January 13th, 1928. His final words were, quote, I forgive those who have wronged me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Damn, dude. So the question is, like, if he, like, from... Escaping from all of those mental hospitals, if they would have actually cared and tried to keep him and tried to actually take, like, would this should have happened? That's wild, dude. right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, he, these so mental health ones fuck me he up. Was, that's a lot. Um, he was considered the first known sex murderer of the 20th century. And his crime spree consists of 22 known murders. It made him the most prolific serial killer by convictions in American history. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's insane. And then this is the only way that I might have known who he was. Um, It says that he was the source of inspiration for Alfred Hitchcock's uh, 1943 film, uh, Shadow of a Doubt. 
So have you ever seen that or heard that? Mm. That's about him. No. Again, I'm not old. Interesting. So. It's just, I just, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, look that up. I wonder why I've never heard of this guy. I know. I, I, you would think he would be more. Yeah. I know? mean. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking at him right now and he don't look that bad. Like he doesn't look crazy. It, it, well, like never some do. of the things you were saying, I was like, oh, that's uh, like, that's Dahmer or like, yeah. I could kind of like pick them out. That's so interesting, which the prodigal psychopath makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of serial killers that like later on it was very similar mm-hmm. interesting that's so mm. it's just <laughs> it's just so crazy it's like like, like you said, mental health and all like if un you know like if people don't take care of themselves and are untreated mm-hmm. and everything if people just it just goes to show back then i mean i mean women would get put in Sanit- sanatoriums or whatever you want to call them for like for postpartum sad. for being sad postpartum depression things like that mm-hmm. like it, could you imagine like i had postpartum depression like i was mm-hmm. i mean not like crazy but i remember feeling very sad after each of my pregnancies for like mm-hmm. you know a good week or so it's just all your hormones and you're getting back together and all that i mean it's, yeah. it's a lot what is it what is it they used to say about women Oh my God. I can't remember the word because it was like a medical word. Like they would literally put women in mental institutions. Hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was just because they were like fighting their husbands about stuff or like, yeah, they were probably, they were PMSing that week and they, Mm -hmm. you know, they're hysterical and yeah. I mean, you literally, that's where they put you is they, Mm -hmm. they commit you and then, and then you really do get crazy. And those places Mm -hmm. didn't have any regulations or anything. Like you would have, no. hundreds and hundreds of people in these hospitals and like yeah only enough staff to take care of maybe 50 yeah so of course he freaking escaped i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i want to know how he escaped though i want to know like what he mm-hmm. did like the mental institutions i'm probably like he probably honestly just like walked out the front door right but yeah. like the prisons i'm like how the fuck did you what? get out of there? Yeah, yes. I don't know, man. Again, I mean, it, this is you know, in the 1920s, so who knows? Yes, true. He seemed to be a creature of habit too, so I wonder if it was the same way every time, or if it was just That's, like a yeah, someone who uh, yeah, almost like a um, like a oh my god, what is the word? Oh my god, I just left my brain. Thanks, brain shit you know where you're like you have to do the same thing each time ocd OCD. yes like he's very ocd about it like he he murders them the same way it's the same type of woman usually it was never a man except well except for the one child but it was you know the easy target yeah and they never really say anything about like him hearing well they said it but he was hearing voices and stuff so he was obviously Mm -hmm. it sounded like schizophrenic so Mm -hmm. was someone telling him to do this or was this just him like i mean if he would have ever admitted to it maybe we would have found out more you know i think like i hate to say that but that's why it's so interesting to me is because there's so much mystery behind it and you really have no fucking clue Mm -hmm. yeah that's 
wild. I mean, it sounded like from the beginning, I mean, his parents died at a young age. He was raised by his extremely religious grandmother. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing and not at all, but and I know, you know, we've seen some people take it to the extreme to where they're just like extremely hard on you. Like it makes me think of the movie Carrie and how her mother was mm-hmm. yeah, like, very, very religious. And like, she was yep. the devil was in her and all of this, you know, that's kind of what it makes me think. And so that didn't yeah. help, but then he had his head injury and storm, like you were saying before a lot with the males, a lot to do with like yeah. their frontal lobe and all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. No excuse, but it's just all these attributing factors. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an excuse. It's just fascinating to, like, think about Mm -hmm. why it would have happened and, like, what was going on in their head at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Interesting. I have to tell you, I keep getting freaked out. (laughs) Because... Behind Deshay's head, that oh, <laughs> the way that it is in the mirror, it keeps looking. You have you seen the nun? I see it. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. it keeps looking like because I'm not staring right at it. I'm looking at you, and so then I'm like, oh shit, there's a face in the mirror, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, it's not. It's just the you know what that like, is. Just, that's that's the zero from our ten balloon for our. 10th anniversary party. <laughs> I was debating. I was like, I don't know. I was like, numbers. I was like, nobody turned to zero. And I was like, nobody even had a birthday. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was like, what the hell? And I was like, you know what? It probably says boo. Yeah. <laughs> I took all that shit down this morning. Like, I got up and like Matt came out and he was like, dang, Halloween's over. I was like, yeah, we need to get all this shit out of here. But I haven't yes. popped these balloons behind me. They're still hanging on. You have to take a picture, a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. I told him, like, I need to literally, my house looks bare now just for in a couple of weeks for it to have Christmas everywhere. <laughs> I hate we were having that conversation too because one of the girls at work was telling me that her husband was getting their Christmas decorations out yeah and I'm like oh girl I'm like I don't know how you do it and she's like Mm-mm. well we're going on a long vacation and by the time we get back there's a Halloween or a Halloween a Christmas party and she's like we just wouldn't have time to do it by the time we got back and I'm like I literally put mine up the day after Thanksgiving and the day after Christmas I'm taking that shit down I'm like right? I hate and it's not – I love Christmas decorations. They're the best. Yeah. It's the, like, clutter. Like, I hate having yeah. things. Yeah, I hear you. It's, it's a lot. It is a lot. But I think – I can't remember. I had been waiting until, like, the first weekend in December, like, my birthday. That's when we would normally oh, yeah, put them yeah. up. Yeah. But I think this year we'll do, like, after Thanksgiving. It's just easier because we have a long weekend. Yeah, that's true. Usually, and so then we can just knock it out really quick. That's true. I just come to y'all's houses and enjoy y'all's decorations. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> and mom's too. Oh yeah, she's got yeah. forty-eight trees and literally, she was telling me she, still... she was going to start putting up her big trees, or no, the trees uh-huh. in the bedroom. Sorry. I still remember when she told us that year. She was like. Okay, the penguin stuff has got to stop. (laughs) 
she finally told us. <laughs> You're like, it's just so easy. It is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Shay picked a hard thing. So we all decorate with like very specific, like my mom decorates Christmas with penguins. I decorate with snowmen. And Shay picked freaking reindeer. I'm like, that is such a fucking hard Listen, thing to find decorations for. Don't and you I hate didn't, on reindeer. I literally do. Every time I go anywhere, I'm like, I'm going to look just in case. And it's like, if I find something, it's like super cheesy where I'm like, it's not even like, you know, like you mm-hmm. might like it, but you might mm-hmm. not. Like, I can't ever find anything like nice. And so I do. Problem, I look every time I go and I can't. My problem is, is it a moose or is it a reindeer? <laughs> <laughs> They look very different. <laughs> no, they yeah, look they very different looking animals. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll draw you a picture yes. of this. When, 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 we were, when we went to Cracker Barrel, remember when we were in the shop and we were looking at all this stuff, I was like, wait, because sometimes, listen, y'all, listen. Sometimes they do it so close that you can't really tell. And I'm like, well, maybe this could pass as a reindeer. I I understand what you're saying because sometimes they'll use like the moose head and like reindeer. Right. Antlers. Yeah. Like they don't even know if it's a moose or a reindeer. <laughs> yeah. So it's I guess it's thing. like whatever you want to It's do. a moo deer. It's a moo deer. <laughs> moo deer. <laughs> moo deer. <laughs> that sounds like something when? like when your spouse gets in trouble. Yeah. Oh, they're in a moo deer. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Let me look at the calendar. It's amazing. <laughs> So uh, this one's coming out the 14th. Yeah. I thought it was coming out the week of Thanksgiving. Mm. It's not. Sucks to be you guys. You got one more week. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, oh, crazy story. Yes. It's insane. That's a oh. lot of people. I know. I, I, a lot I, of people. I almost thought about going back and counting, but I was like, no, that's crazy. Um. The one I was going to do that I switched it from was her name, and I don't know, maybe I'll still do her, but her name was Dorothea Puente. It's a pretty name. Sounds familiar. If you, yeah, if uh, she was in like, um, like the 40s and 50s, but if you go and look her up, she looks so familiar, but... Is she an old yes. lady? I think I know who you're. Okay. But if you read her story, like I was like, okay, this is great. But then I'm getting into it, and then it gets into like you know what we're calling the meat or whatever. It wasn't like I was like, this is gonna be over in five seconds. Yeah. So I literally yeah. like Matt comes back there and like because I'm like, okay, just take the damn kids and let me go back here in the bedroom. I need focus. <laughs> I need to read and, about murder. Yes. And he comes back. I'm like, he comes back and I'm like, I'm changing my damn story. <laughs> like, Aww. it's like nine o'clock at night. Like, I'm changing it. Yep. But that's yeah. okay. That was a good one. Yeah, it was. I like crazy. that one. That's crazy. I don't know that, like, why nobody knows about him. Exactly. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Maybe we're the only people and everyone listening is like, what the hell? Everybody knows about him. They're like, oh, we know (laughs) Earl. We know Earl. Yeah, girl. We've been best friends. He was my pen pal when I was in 12th grade. Okay. (laughs) Well, he was my pen pal. Shut up. 
and now I have to look up when Mickey Mouse was like uh, created. I think it was the twenties. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's literally says maybe it wasn't pronounced Mouski, but that's just how I pronounce. It was M O W S K I. I was thinking Mike Wazowski. Oh from yeah, monsters <laughs> from Monsters Inc. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you say when he was using that name? Like what year? Um, it was the late twenties, so twenty-seven to twenty-nine. Okay, well, uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, October first, nineteen twenty-eight. Oh, oh, okay. So then it very well could have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's We're just gonna go with it. Mm-hmm. We yep, like it. Ha- yeah. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> That was good. I like that. Well, well, no, yeah. You know, <laughs> I always feel like Bailey Syrian when I say that stuff. Like when we start laughing and shit, I'm like, <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. First I of know. all, second of all, it's not funny. It's just uncomfortable. It is, and some of it is so crazy. Like I can't believe what my eyeballs are seeing, and I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and it's like we were talking about this at breakfast the other day. You know, when like something really happy happens and you'll start crying, like you're so happy you start crying and like, you know, your brain has to like, you can't be really happy or your brain has to fix it and your brain can't be really sad or it has to fix. So like when you get really uncomfortable or sad and you start laughing, Mm -hmm. it's not because you think it's funny. It's just because your brain is trying to like regulate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny that you say crying to be happy. Do you want to hear my guilty pleasure? Oh no. What? I go on YouTube and watch compilations of America's Got Talent. Oh my god. <laughs> Freaking Garrett. Have you seen the little girl that sings that um This Girl is on Fire song? Yes. Uh, Garrett watches that all the time. For some reason, those like if I ever need to cry, I'm like, bring it up. Let's do it. Like this <laughs> I don't understand what it is, but that is definitely how i mine are the um soldiers coming home stop it surprising their families i was literally just about to say that they're all over tiktok it kills me the little girl there's one in particular in this like and i'm like how do you really even know your dad you know like not in a mean way but like a she was probably i don't know madeline's age three Oh. And he walked in there because she was holding her mom and he walked mm-hmm. in. She, he, she was just like, mommy, daddy. Like she just like was like showing her mom like she could not believe. And she was like, daddy. Mm-hmm. Like she and I was like, <gasps> so sad. Have, I can't. Have you seen the ones of the animals? Oh, my God. So oh, yes. yes. And then they yeah. start crying. Oh, and, my God. Oh, so can't, bad. Y'all. There's one where the dog gets so excited. He like passes out. Oh. And the the woman is just like holding it. She's like, this is completely normal. It's, it's okay. <laughs> oh my God. That gets my heart. I know damn well my dogs, my dogs now, like I'll be gone at work all day and they could care less when I come home. They like look up, see it's me and then go back to sleep. But when Richard gets home, they're like, <laughs> I'm like oh my God. I love it because every time I come home, Lilo sticks her head out from under the covers and she realizes it's me and then she starts freaking yeah. out and she gets so excited. Aww. It's awesome. That's sweet. Meow Meow's decided she wants to sleep. Like she always wants to sleep with Garrett and Garrett always makes me shut the bedroom door because she wakes him up because she goes in there and then she starts like, you know, cat head rubbing herself. Yeah. 
on yep. his head. And then I'll be like, the cat's going to come in here and the cat's going to wake me up. I'm like the cat. Like she literally follows us upstairs and she goes and lays on his bed while I put him to bed. And then I have to kick her out of the oh. bedroom. And then now she's started going and hiding under Madeline's bed oh. so that she can jump in the bed after I put her to bed. Aww. <clears throat> and I'm like, Annabelle, you got to get out of the bedroom. Because then you can hear her meowing and then you hear Madeline going, Meow! Out! Meow! Out! <laughs> oh That's my gosh. Hilarious. She's um I love that cat. She's my best friend. <laughs> okay, kids. I saw my work clothes on. Same. I saw that. I was trying to figure out. Oh yeah, same. I <laughs> technically. <laughs> All right. Good job. Right. That was good. That was a good one. Thanks. Yeah, that was good. Glad y'all enjoyed it. All right, Storm. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Yeah. That was good. Do you want to tell them where they can find us, Storm? Yes, we are at Three Siblings Walk Into a Bar on Facebook and Three SWIB Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Please, please, please don't forget to. Um, <laughs> Five stars, give five stars wherever you listen to. It's all very helpful, especially on Apple. It's a very big deal on Apple. So please, that would be awesome. Um, Also take screenshots or picture of your car playing us and send it, Mm -hmm. tag us in it so we can repost it. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Comment, ask questions, tell us all the things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to start putting more polls and stuff on Instagram and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. So look for us. We'll be there. We'll be there. All right. Well, that's what happens when three siblings walk into a bar.